I'm Misty Winkler, and you're listening to episode 24 of the Simply Convivial audio blog. And now for a short but meaty focus session to help you keep your head in the game as a homeschooling mom. Classical education is for life. In season four, we'll explore what classical education means and why it matters. Defining education. So what is education? What is this task that I have signed up for? I've been collecting quotes on the topic for years. When viewed together, they paint an inspiring yet daunting picture. When we think about what classical education is, as opposed to the typical school we see around us, I believe it really comes down to a definition of what education is and what it is for. The pre-modern view was that education was to grow a person toward an ideal, whereas the modern version of schooling is about production and economic advantage. Although there is no single monolith practice of classical education, we can see in these quotes a stream, a history of an idea about what education is and why we need it. From Noah Webster's Dictionary Education, the bringing up as of a child. Instruction, formation of manners. Education comprehends all that series of instruction and discipline which is intended to enlighten the understanding, correct the temper, and dorm the manners and habits of youth, and fit them for usefulness in their future stations. To give children a good education in manners, arts, and science is important. To give them a religious education is indispensable, and an immense responsibility rests on parents and guardians who neglect these duties. From John Milton, the end then of learning is to repair the ruins of our first parents by regaining to know God aright, and out of that knowledge to love him, to imitate him, to be like him, as we may the nearest by possessing our souls of true virtue, which, being united to the heavenly grace of faith, makes up the highest perfection. From Dorothy Sayers, For the sole true end of education is simply this, to teach men how to learn for themselves. Whatever instruction fails to do this is effort spent in vain. From Douglas Wilson, education is the process of selling someone on books. From Andrew Kern and the Searcy Institute, classical education is the cultivation of wisdom and virtue by nourishing the soul on truth, goodness, and beauty, so that in Christ a student is better able to know, glorify, and enjoy God. From G.K. Chesterton, education is not a subject and does not deal in subjects. It is instead the transfer of a way of life. From C.S. Lewis, The task of the modern educator is not to cut down jungles, but to irrigate deserts. The right defense against false sentiments is to inculcate just sentiments. From Wes Callahan, This is the heart of a good education. A small but well-chosen library, a place to sit and study, some friends to do it with, and the time and tranquility to do it in. From John Milton, I call, therefore, a complete and generous education— that which fits a man to perform justly, skillfully, and magnanimously all the offices, both private and public, of peace and war. From R. L. Dabney, education is the nurture and development of the whole man for his proper end. From Sidney Harris, the primary purpose of a liberal education is to make one's mind a pleasant place in which to spend one's leisure. From David Hicks, 
The end of education is not thinking; it is acting. It is not knowing what to do; it is doing it. From Douglas Wilson, a consistent Christian pedagogy sees education as inherently religious, as something that involves the whole person in the context of the whole universe, a universe created by the Triune God. From David Hicks, the purpose of education is not the assimilation of facts or the retention of information, but the habituation of the mind and body to will and to act in accordance with what one knows. From Cornelius Van Til. But what then do we mean by education? Education is implication into God's interpretation. No narrow intellectualism is implied in this definition. To think God's thoughts after Him, to dedicate the universe to its Maker, and to be the vicegerent of the ruler of all things—this is man's task. From G.K. Chesterton. What is education? Properly speaking, there is no such thing as education. Education is simply the soul of a society as it passes from one generation to another. What we need is to have a culture before we hand it down. In other words, it is a truth, however sad and strange, that we cannot give what we have not got and cannot teach to other people what we do not know ourselves. From C.S. Lewis, Saint Augustine defines virtue as ordo amoris. The ordinate condition of the affections, in which every object is accorded that kind of degree of love which is appropriate to it. Aristotle says that the aim of education is to make the pupil like and dislike what he ought. When the age for reflective thought comes, the pupil who has been thus trained in ordinate affections or just sentiments will easily find the first principles in ethics. But to the corrupt man, they will never be visible at all, and he can make no progress in that science. Plato, before him, had said the same thing: the little human animal will not at first have the right responses. It must be trained to feel pleasure, liking, disgust, and hatred at those things which really are pleasant, likable, disgusting, and hateful. From Charlotte Mason, it cannot be too often said that information is not education. From Seneca, but there is only one really liberal study that which gives man his liberty. It is the study of wisdom. From Charlotte Mason, wisdom is the science of relations, and the thing we have to do for a young human being is to put him in touch, so far as we can, with all the relations proper to him. From Charlotte Mason, we want him till he is twelve or fourteen. If we may not have him longer, you may do what you like with him afterwards. Given this period for the establishing of relations, we may undertake to prepare for the world a man vital and vigorous, full of living interests, available and serviceable. I think we may warrant him even to pass examinations, because he will know how to put living interest into the dullest tasks. From Isocrates, whom then do I call educated? Those who possess a judgment which is accurate in meeting occasions as they arise, and rarely misses the expedient course of action. Another from Isocrates: We regard as a sage those who most skillfully debate their problems in their own mind. From Aristotle, we should be able not only to work well but to use leisure well. From Clement of Alexandria, the education that God gives is the imparting of the truth that will guide us correctly to the contemplation of God and a description of holy deeds that last for ever. From Werner Jaeger, the real essence of education is that it enables men to reach the true aim of their lives. From Richard Gamble, education is properly understood as the care and perfection of the soul. 
from Charlotte Mason. Education should qualify their children for life rather than for earning a living. And again from Charlotte Mason. As a matter of fact, it is the man who has read and thought on many subjects who is, with the necessary training, the most capable, whether in handling tools, drawing plans, or keeping books. The more of a person we succeed in making a child, the better will he both fulfill his own life and serve society. The one thread that strings through all the classical educators, from Perrin to Plato, is that education's aim is virtue. Not a diploma, not a job, not a stack of accomplishments. Our children, and even ourselves, should be better people inherently because of the education we received, no matter what circumstances or results come afterward. Education is for the soul. The true aim of our lives is not a particular kind of job or a particular kind of income or a particular family or other circumstantial particulars. The true aim is the chief end, to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. We will enjoy God more the more we know of Him and of the world that He made. We will glorify Him more the more we learn if our learning glorifies God instead of ourselves or the economy. Education is for the soul. And now it's time for a simple sanity saver, a morning prep sheet. So how do you set up a morning prep sheet? A morning prep sheet is an attitude-focusing tool. It's simple and straightforward and maybe even a little silly, but it's super effective. Reading over carefully selected quotes slowly, repeatedly, and prayerfully is one concrete way we can anchor our conviction in truth and make choices aligned with the truth we know because we've put that truth down into our bones deliberately and daily. Do you need my prep sheets? Not at all. In fact, setting up your own will likely be even more effective, especially if you already have a scattered collection of quotes that inspire you. It's as simple as hand copying some quotes and verses onto a journal page or typing them up and printing them out. Just keep them where they are easy to access and quick to review. To get yourself started, though, and see some examples, you can download your own free prep sheet at simplyconvivial.com and also use discount code PODCAST to get $10 off the art of homeschooling. Because homeschooling is an art, not a formula, and we don't need more tricks or even more tools. We need help coping and keeping up. That's what the art of homeschooling is all about. Building confidence, conviction, and motivation. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this show, please leave a rating or review on iTunes or Stitcher. You can also hit the share button on the show notes and share this episode with your Facebook friends. At simplyconvivial.com audio, you can find all the episodes and the free morning prep sheet. Remember, education is repentance. Repent, rejoice, repeat. Repent.